0: Welcome to another episode of Special Advising the Podcast, No Parent Left Behind, the show that speaks to parents and caregivers on topics related to the world of exceptional needs and related educational services. If you crave knowledge and support in a low stress environment, then you've come to the right place. I'm Mark, and I have over 33 years of experience teaching kids and coaching parents, and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope this podcast can inspire you to face your days more confidently stirring a greater sense of self-love, mindfulness, and outpouring of goodness and positive role modeling for your children. Always keep you and your mental, physical, and, if you're inclined, spiritual health in mind. Health in these areas will allow you to be all you hope to be for them. Before I begin, I want to acknowledge that this past week I have been filled with pride over the achievements of four of my former students. Three of these fine individuals graduated from high school, two of which I have known and taught from the age of three having played a small part in their journey and watching them grow and overcome and inspire is one of the great achievements of my life. The third of the group I taught beginning at the age of about eight. He went on to star in an original play that I directed and has overcome significant learning disabilities in both vision and hearing challenges. The fourth former student of mine, someone who charged into my classroom mid-year also at the age of three, like she had been there from the start and won my heart, just turned 18. So happy birthday, Sam. In this episode, I want to talk about bedtime challenges for children with autism spectrum disorder and what you can do to address them. Afterwards, stay tuned for a tip of the cap offering today's parenting tip and my good news community share, where you'll hear some positive news happening in the world of exceptional needs and related education. So get comfy in your PJs, and let's vibe to another win. It's not uncommon for children with autism spectrum disorder to have difficulty sleeping. Some of the reasons may be a lack of routine, anxiety, or sensory overload. I've worked with several clients who complain that their child is not going to bed at a regular hour or waking up at several times during the night, causing them to have difficulty waking up in the morning or falling asleep during the day. Another scenario presents when the child wants to sleep with their parents, sometimes all night or at some hour during the night. All of this then impacts the parent's sleep, and this exhausting cycle can lead to a parent's desperate cry for help. From a study published in 2021 by the National Library of Medicine entitled A Community-Based Sleep Educational Intervention for Children with Autism Spectrum Disorder, it mentions that bedtime resistance, anxiety, sleep onset delay, and daytime sleepiness may be related to the core symptoms, but not be related to the developmental level in ASD children. These sleep problems can cause a series of effects. Sleep disorders may adversely affect children's daily function, affecting behavior, learning, memory regulation and cognition. It may also cause emotional problems such as aggression, irritability, overreactivity and depression. Moreover, disorders also negatively impact ASD symptoms. For example, ASD children with sleep problems show more severe social skill deficits and they scored lower on social tests. Because it's difficult to know what factors are causing the trouble for your child, you might feel lost. In 2019, from BMJ Journals, comes an evidence-based study entitled, Sleeping Sound with Autism Spectrum Disorder. It states, sleep problems are a characteristic feature of children with autism spectrum disorder, with 40 to 80% of children experiencing sleep difficulties. Sleep problems have been found to have a pervasive impact on child's social-emotional functioning, as well as on parent's psychological functioning but there are some changes that you can make to increase the likelihood that your child will sleep successfully and regularly. The approach I want to address here is behavioral and follows the idea of creating a set routine for bedtime that encompasses several variables, which when done with consistency and being mindful of how your child is reacting, you can respond accordingly and lead them in the direction of sleeping alone and sleeping more fully. When behavior and environmental changes don't help, there may be cause to speak with your physician about a pharmacological approach. Again from that 2019 BMJ study, both behavioral and pharmacological interventions are commonly prescribed to treat sleep problems in Autism Spectrum Disorder. However, we have much to learn about the efficacy of these treatment approaches. The Association for Child and Adolescent Mental Health in March of 2022 relates... While pharmacological interventions such as melatonin are commonly prescribed to assist families in reducing sleep problems, the National Institute for Health and Care Excellence, or NICE, guidelines recommend behaviorally-based sleep interventions as the first-line treatment. Nevertheless, empirical evidence for the efficacy of behavioral sleep interventions in autistic children is limited. My first inclination is to create behavior programs for specifically targeting the changing of undesirable behaviors or practices. That said, when medication or herbal remedies, I'm not promoting either, are recommended by a physician, you have to decide what's best for your child and your family. Never feel pressured. It's all about two things, your child's health and welfare, and your ability to cope. When establishing a set routine for bedtime, the sooner you start, the better. Just be mindful that the longer you wait, it's going to be harder down the line. It's an initial sacrifice of time and sleep deprivation to some degree, but you'll get past that and by being committed and consistent, your child will adapt. Implementation of non-pharmacotherapeutic measures such as bedtime routines and sleep-wise approach are the mainstay of management. These treatment strategies, along with limited regulated pharmacotherapy, can help improve the quality of life in ASD children and also decrease the family and parental distress. It's also common for ASD children to want to sleep with their parents. The best thing for you to do, if this is a problem, is to encourage your child to sleep in their own bed. To do that, you'll want to create an inviting and calm environment along with a consistent routine. It's helpful to acknowledge that you understand that your child does not want to sleep alone and reassure them that sleeping in their room with the door open and your door open means that you're still connected. But mom and or dad needs to sleep in their bed and they need you to sleep in yours and you can do this, you can make this happen. The following is a routine that I've suggested, but you can alter it however you'd like and add in steps that you know will appeal to your child or remove some steps. Number one, wind down about a half hour before bedtime. No iPads, no technology, etc. Number two, review the routine that you've printed out in steps or read as a social story. Number three, give a 10 minute warning. Number four, Proceed with your pre-bedtime prep. Wash up, change clothes, brush teeth, etc. Number five, dim the lights. Number six, if possible and desired by your child, have some quiet music or environmental sounds or white noise playing. Number seven, start a sand timer. 20 minutes or whatever you prefer, but not much longer than that. Number eight, read a calming book. Number nine, Perhaps do a foot massage or some kind of relaxing pressure. Uh, A skin brush is helpful too. Number 10. Lay with your child. In the first several days, in my opinion, laying with your child is okay. But you want to gradually, over the course of the coming days, move away from your child using a chair, creating distance gradually and giving as little direct contact as you can. According to Andrea Babbage, from her article titled Autism and Sleep, 10 Possible Strategies, she says, Gradually distance yourself from your child once they have gotten into bed, then keep your visits back in their room brief. Gradually decrease the amount of attention you direct toward your child, such as talking, eye contact, facial expressions, etc., while you are increasing your distance away from them. And lastly, when the timer runs out, that's your cue to leave the room and leave the door open. And just a quick note about the timer, a timer indicates how long you'll stay with your child before leaving. The 20 minutes is a reasonable number, I believe, and it encompasses the massage, a story, and laying with your child, if you choose to do that. I'd start on a Friday night, so if you don't sleep much, you have the weekend to recover. And remember, it's important to keep the same routine on the weekends. From a study on autism and sleep disorders in 2015, After the bedtime routine is done and the child is in his bed or crib, but is upset and obviously not sleeping, wait a few minutes, then go back into your child's room to check on him or her. Checks involve going back into the child's room and briefly, not more than a minute, preferably less. Touching, rubbing, or maybe giving a high-five, thumbs up, or a hug for an older child who better responds to these gestures. Gently but firmly say, it's okay, it's bedtime, you're okay. If you're able to get your child into bed and leave the room, that's great. But we all know that it isn't easy and it's not overnight. Andrea Babbage again states, training your child to fall asleep alone should be done gradually over the course of a few weeks. A great idea came across from Autism Speaks is a bedtime pass. According to their article on the subject, some children have difficult times staying in bed. The parent puts the child to bed and before you know it, the child is crying out or up again. One effective tool to help children learn to stay in bed is the bedtime pass. A bedtime pass is a card that is given to the child at bedtime and it may be exchanged for one free trip out of bed or one parent visit after bedtime. If the child does not use the card during the night, he or she may exchange the card for a special reward in the morning. The bedtime pass can be traded for a drink or to get out of bed. If I ask for a drink of water or get out of bed, I have to give them the bedtime pass. When I'm able to stay in bed all night, I get to keep the pass. This is a good thing. In the morning, I can trade the bedtime pass for a treat. Here are four practices to follow at bedtime. Number one, set a consistent bedtime each night. Number two, before bed, review the routine and ask your child to retell it to you so they can begin to internalize what is expected. If they are nonverbal, you can use pictures from their communication device, social story, or a picture schedule that you've created. Number three, you can ask how they feel each night and again, acknowledge their feelings and assure them that you are there for them. And number four, building a reward system into bedtime to help with this transition is a great idea. Earning something very special can be highly motivating. As I mentioned earlier, it may be necessary to incorporate a pharmaceutical intervention in more severe cases, but I truly feel that if you can be consistent with an established routine, you'll see an acclimation in general cases of ASD. I've attached a link to an Autism Speaks page on tips for improving sleep in your ASD child on the resource page of my website. If you sense that my tone in this presentation is a little sleepy, then you win because it was. And it's a great model for how you can approach talking to your child. Slow, steady, calm, and quiet. And really, it's not that I did it on purpose. It's just how it came out. And I listened to it and I thought, wow, that really makes me want to go to sleep. It's time now for a Tip of the Cap, your Exceptional Needs Parenting Tip. Today's tip comes from Autism Speaks, and it's related to bedtime routines and schedule boards. Some children are not able to use a visual schedule that uses words, photos, or icons. It may help to use objects instead. Here's an example. Here is how to use an object board. A sample bedtime routine might include using the toilet, taking a bath, washing hair, brushing hair, getting a massage, and listening to music. You would then put the following items near the bathroom or bedroom. A roll of toilet paper, a bar of soap, a bottle of shampoo, a hairbrush, a bottle of lotion, and a CD. Your child would get each object before the start of an activity and use this to guide his or her actions. It may be helpful to save a special object just for bedtime. This might be a special blanket, pillow, or stuffed animal. Once your child has this favorite object, he or she should go into his or her bed. Even if you do not use objects, write down your child's schedule so that you're going through the same steps each night and staying with a routine. Use single words or two-word phrases to label or describe what you're doing. For example, bath time, wash hair, go to sleep, etc. In today's Good News Community Share from goodnewsnetwork.org, researchers overcome major hurdle in reversing deafness, discovering gene responsible for crucial cells. Scientists can now create new hearing cells that can overcome deafness caused by aging. Considered a major hurdle in reversing hearing loss, the gene discovery allows the production of inner or outer ear hair cells. Hearing loss due to aging, noise, and certain cancer therapy drugs and antibiotics has up until now been seen as irreversible when there is the death of such cells, which develop in the embryo and do not reproduce. But scientists have discovered a single master gene, TBX2, that can change ear cells in either outer or inner sensory hair ones. The outer hair cells expand and contract in response to the pressure of sound waves and amplify sound for the inner hair cells. The inner cells transmit those vibrations to the neurons to create the sounds we hear. Currently, scientists can produce an artificial hair cell, but it does not differentiate into an inner or outer cell, which provide different essential functions to produce hearing. About 8.5% of adults aged 55 to 64 in the US have disabling hearing loss, so this discovery could be revolutionary to many. We have overcome a major hurdle, Professor Jamie garcia Anavaros of Northwestern University explained in a statement. Describing the coordinated movement of the inner and outer cells, he said, It's like a ballet. The ear is a beautiful organ. There is no one organ in a mammal where the cells are so precisely positioned with micrometric precision. Otherwise, hearing doesn't occur. I know many people who will be excited about this discovery and I may be one of them. (laughs) I want to thank you again for listening to this episode, and I hope you'll join me each week to hear about topics close to your heart and welcome fresh and informative insights into areas that are new to you. It's an honor to have you tune in and a pleasure to share with you. All music heard on today's show comes from Jason Shaw at audionautics.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram at specialedrising and on my website, specialedrising.com. If you like what you're hearing, please hit the subscribe button and or leave a review at the bottom of the podcast feed and tell your friends. You can contact me directly with questions, comments, or if you're interested in parent coaching, through my email, specialedrising at gmail.com. And I'd love to share some of your stories, which I can add to the community share page of my website. And with your permission, I'd love to share your submission with the audience. Also, let me know if there's anything you'd like to learn more about. And until next time, peace and keep rising.